Hi, Steph. How are you today? I'm doing all right. So we're going into week four and five of this shelter from home. And when you're thinking about it now rolling out nationwide, because we're on the East Coast, a, a lot of us are going from adjusting from telework or working from home. Like, what does a setup look like? How do I, you know, kind of make this work um, to really having to deal with like a prolonged circumstance? Like, how, how are you taking that? When I first left my office uh, four and a half weeks ago, I knew that it was going to be at least a couple of weeks, right? I knew it was going to be more than normal. But I just, you know, packed up my computer and left. I didn't wash my mugs or, um, you know, my I have many a water vessel. I don't think, I think I have dirty silverware. I left fresh apples. I left things in the fridge. And so I had to have somebody go while they were still there for a couple of days, go and like get a fresh okay, fruit okay. out of my office. I knew I was going to be out of the office for a while. And yet there was this clear cognitive dissonance where I was like, oh, but apparently I'll be back to get my fresh apples from my desk. I don't know. You would have fresh wormy apples by the time you'll get back. Yeah, it's weird. So I did prepare my desk area before I left the office thinking that it would be, you know, medium long term to see what was happening um, in Asia specifically. And so being at home, um, it's been interesting, right? Because I've been managing older grandparents, mom, sister communications daily, which I'm not accustomed to, to be perfectly honest. Um, but also then having to find continued energy to stay connected from a work perspective, um, try to find, you know, new and exciting opportunities um, to help foster that connection. But then ultimately, you know, knowing that it's going to be a long-term play. So for example, here in New York City, we had um, the mayor talk about measures that are in place going through May, for example. So that, you know, pushes back any other number of things that people might have expected to come sooner. So it's more like, how do I mentally keep on this uh, cycle, if you will, where, you know, I wake up mm -hmm. slightly lethargic. I start talking to people and I'm jazzed by mid afternoon. I'm like, Oh my goodness. What am I going to do now? Um, How is this still happening? <laughs> totally. Totally. So I think it's, you know, it's kind of like, how do I help build that mental dexterity and resilience to continue through as long as it's needed. Right. Because I want to be a good citizen. I'm really trying to, at the end of the day, help others more than I am myself because I'm, you know, part of a lesser affected demographic. And so I want to do my part um, and stay where I'm supposed to for as long as needed. Yeah. I find myself going back and forth between like, okay, we're in this and, you know, I'm doing everything I can and, and I'm feeling very strong about it to like straight up denial where I, I just kind of ignore it. I ignore that it's happening. I'm just in this alternate reality where my husband and I both work from home and we only go to the grocery store max once a week. And, you know, we cook all of our meals at home and that's okay. Um, and that's normal. Now this is normal. Uh, but I, I feel like it's a bit of denial. I just feel like I keep 
you know, going between all of these different thoughts, are you, do you find yourself, you know, pivoting between, (laughs) between mental places like that? I mean, it sounds like you do through the day even. Yeah, I think I experience it differently throughout the day. Like, I think the day-to-day things are the things where I'm like, ah, let me, (laughs) let me find the next, the next vehicle to help me get through this. And I think that that's why excited to hear a little bit from our guest today, our returning guest, um, because it, it hopefully I can I can grab some insights from there to help me keep going. Yes, this is the perfect time. Um, and we have the perfect guest with us today. Welcome back, Barbara Phillips. Barbara Phillips is an executive coach with Partners International. Well, thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. You you heard us talking a little bit about how we are <laughs> coping, so to speak. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about this change we're going through? Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean every single person in the world right now. And how different people are maybe handling it differently. You know, this is a big deal. And it might be the biggest event that most of us have ever experienced before. And it's really requiring us to dig deep, to tap into our inner strengths, because the world as we knew it is gone for now and for the foreseeable future. So, um, you know, I've done a lot of studying of the research of William Bridges, and he has um, really highlighted what happens during times of change and what is required of us internally to effectively respond to the change. And he also describes typical reactions. So something ends and, you know, for us, it's life as we knew it. You know, we're worried about the economy. We've got stay at home, work at home, shelter in place, social distancing. All these things are happening at the same time. And so life as we knew it has ended. Our stable, known and dependable normality is gone. And we are in this place that he calls the neutral zone where we're hanging in midair, we can't go back to where we were and we don't yet know when this is going to end. And it can be very up and down. And you both reference that one day you might feel strong. The next day you're like, oh my God. And this can happen within a day. It's very much a roller coaster when you're in this in-between time. And the new beginning is when we get back to normal, but we don't know when, and we don't know what that's going to look like. And so the uncertainty is very challenging to manage. And so what people typically uh, go through when a change, any change happens, there are four phases. The first is denial. It could be literal denial, and you reference that, Stephanie, You know, some days, like, I don't want to believe this is happening. And related to that, there's a sense of shock to our entire system where we might feel confused. We might withdraw. We might notice we're missing deadlines or we're not feeling productive or we're not feeling motivated. 
We then move to the second phase, which he calls resistance. And that's where we have a lot of feelings, the fear, the anxiety, the sadness, and it might show up as frustration or short tempers being on edge. And it's really normal to feel all of this because, I mean, literally we are in survival mode in that we don't want to get the virus and we don't want to get sick. This is a big deal. Eventually, if we can effectively manage those feelings, we move into an exploration phase where we start to adapt to the new normal. We start to um, feel like we are moving forward one step at a time every day. And then ultimately the commitment stage where we're feeling more optimistic and we see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can be in multiple phases in a given day. And, you know, depending on the news cycle, I could easily go right back to the resistance phase where I'm feeling fear and anxiety. So it's very fluid. Different people are in different places at different times. Those are, those are fantastic points that you were making, Barbara. I think, you know, to kind of <laughs> help put that into context, are there any strategies <laughs> that we can um, lean on <laughs> as we're trying to kind of like manage through this? <laughs> yes, there are. I mean, hearing you speak there, I was like, oh man, oh man, that anxiety was building up. But I know we're getting to the good part. <laughs> yeah, you know, there there are strategies and you know, I personally have identified five that I use with my clients. Um, I am sure there are more. Um, and I, I'll just list them and then we can go deeper wherever you'd like to go deeper. The first is to focus on what you can control because we feel out of control. And it's important to also know what you can't control. We can't control the virus, the directives we're being given, that's out of our control. But where our focus needs to be to lessen anxiety is to focus on what we can control. The second strategy has to do with reflecting on past successes, managing change. We've all been through struggle and adversity and had challenge in our life. We've all made it to the other side. And by reflecting on what helped get you through in past difficult times? What skills, what resources, what strengths, and how can you use that information to help you now? The third is to manage your mindset and emotions. If we're not careful, we can go off into catastrophic thinking. We can go down the rabbit hole of, oh my God, this is never gonna end. This is a catastrophe really important to pay attention to your thoughts and to put your attention elsewhere if you are going down that rabbit hole. And to, um, with your emotions, we feel what we feel. And all these feelings that I talked about, these are normal. These are normal responses to what's happening. Know that it's normal. And to be able to name your feeling, and express your feelings with people that you trust can be a great way to lessen anxiety. 
We all know the importance of support structure, creating a support structure because we're feeling socially isolated. And the fifth is to increase self-care practices. This is a time to really focus on yourself, on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. Um, <clears throat> and I call it radical self-care. We really need to take care of ourselves now. So that's the overview of the five strategies. I really appreciate what you're saying. I'd love if we could take each, each of those five points and break it down a little bit. So when we talk about focusing on what you can control and what you can't, cannot control, one thing I've done is quite literally list out what I can control. <laughs> it, seems, it seems silly, but it's been helpful for me to remind myself that oh, there wonderful. is a lot within my control right now. I can't control what anybody else is going to do. I see a lot of people making judgments, getting angry about other people at parks or whatever. I don't need to worry about what anybody's doing. I need to worry about what I'm doing and what Paul's doing. We can't control other people is kind of the bottom line of that. No, I think, Stephanie, that's fantastic to actually list, here is what I can control. So, you know, if you are thinking, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed, I feel so out of control, switch it to I can control A, B, and C. And so examples, you can control how you spend your time, how you manage your energy, developing these new routines, washing hands, social distancing, managing your exposure to the news and to social media, um, and the list goes on, but those are examples of what is in our control and by channeling our fear and, and anxiety into what we can control, we can lessen our fear and anxiety. Barbara, I wonder if we could actually do the same for, for the other four areas that you identified. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the, the past success is to simply identify one or two specific times in your life when you were incredibly challenged and to think back and reflect on what did I do to get through this? What was helpful? What strengths did I draw on? You know, were there key other people in my life? And it can be a reminder of, oh, I used these strategies to get me through that difficult time, how can I apply those same strategies to this time? For the uh, managing your mindset and emotions, you know, again, if you get caught in the, oh my God, negative thinking, um, switch your focus by being aware of what we're thinking. And noticing, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm going down a spiral. I have done this in the past couple of weeks, literally. I say stop. And I literally stop moving, stop. And I take a deep breath. Ah. And then I start again slowly. It's getting present. We are not our thoughts. We're not our thoughts. We're bigger than our thoughts. We're the witness of our thoughts. Don't get derailed by negative spiral down thinking. 
And sometimes it's just movement. Like if I'm on the couch and I'm starting to go down the, the rabbit hole, I just get up and I go wash the dishes in the sink. Just moving, switch your attention. Um, and then how we talk to ourselves matters, you know, saying to yourself, I can get through this. I'm going to take on this challenge one day at a time. And with the feelings, as I said earlier, what are you feeling? Name it and share it and know that it's, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's, it's normal to have intense feelings right now. And by naming the feeling and expressing the feeling, you release the feeling. And remember, feelings are like the weather. It's sunny. It's rainy. It's overcast. They move through us. They change all the time. Don't get too attached to any intense feeling. It'll pass. The support structure, I think we know. Um, you know, interestingly, Verizon and AT&T said that the amount of communication going on now is the highest it has ever been. So I think people are getting that there are many ways to connect virtually if we are feeling uh, socially isolated. And it's important to be able to ask for help, you know, reach out. And I think for a lot of people, when they're feeling really not good is the time when they don't reach out when it's really the time they could be reaching out because we feel vulnerable or weak. Um, no, we're in this together. We're all feeling this and it's important to connect with other people. And then for the self-care, the physical, any movement is good. Any movement, exercise even better. You know, I ride my bike every day in Central Park. I practice social distancing, and more recently, I've been wearing a mask. But that is my lifeline. Um, you can do online yoga. You can, you know, I heard someone say, if you're a weightlifter, find objects in the house and use those instead of weights. And sleep is so key. The stress of this situation zaps our energy. It's really important to get enough sleep and to try to keep the same routine that we had before this all happened. In terms of taking care of our minds, we need downtime. We need time where we're not thinking about all this, whatever that means to you. Is it a hobby? Is it binging on Netflix? Um, we need some time away to the best of our ability. The social, the emotional is similar to what I said, taking care of our emotional self. It's the connection, laughter. If you have a pet, that's a wonderful thing. Um, it's a great way to give and get love. And then for the spiritual self-care, whatever that means to you, it could be your religious organization. It could be meditation. It could be getting out in nature while practicing social distancing. Um you know, we've all had the experience on an airplane flight where the flight attendant says, if you're with a small child and the oxygen mask comes down, you need to put it on yourself before you put it on the child. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, you may not be able to take care of that child. And again, radical self-care. Ask yourself, what do I need to do for myself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, as a way to restore and nourish ourselves during this time of incredible stress. I love this one because 
I used to be able to work out every day at the office. And now obviously I'm at home and all of the gyms are closed. But that's something that's that's been really important to me is figuring out how can I keep active both to get energy out, but also just to like give myself that moment, that 45 minutes or hour every day. And one thing I found really fun is finding all the different opportunities. So some of my favorite instructors that I've had over the years are doing Zoom classes that are donation-based. And I love doing those because they're not able to work from home the way that I am in a secure way. So I'm able to help them a little bit. But also um, another great one is Peloton is offering three months free on their app. They have great yoga classes, great um, hit cardio classes, which have just been really eye-opening that, you know what, I can do this effectively at home um, if if I really put my mind to it and find those tools. Pedro, have you found any any self-care rituals? Well, so it's really funny because my, <clears throat> my husband and I kind of function slightly differently. So he has been hyper-focused on like um, skincare as a way of like controlling the environment. So he's got these great kind of like just routines for uh, kind of like that self-care. Whereas I focus more on like the daily walks, I'll drive upstate um, and kind of just, you know, take in nature while very much distancing from people. Um, The other one for me is more community like based. So while I have family, et cetera, I, I think I mentioned earlier that I worry about others around me. So finding um, food banks and organizations to work with, to be able to, you know, use kind of like my position in being still employed, et cetera, and being able to give back to people who are affected. Um, I'll actually share the list on our website as well that I've received from just people online giving me recommendations of places to be to volunteer virtually through as well, um, which for me is a way of staying connected, but also, you know, doing something that I that I think is really important, which is just helping other people through this process. And so for me, it's been a little bit of the physical mixed with the uh, the uh, spiritual mental. This was a really, really helpful mm, and wonderful. cathartic session for me. Thanks so much, Barbara. We look forward to having you back again. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Be well and be safe. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Um, Stay healthy. Stay safe. For behind-the-scenes takes and images, follow The Middleists on Twitter and Instagram, or visit themiddleists.com.